This is Fred Ricciani and Scott Anderson of TSC News here to recap WWE Clash of Champions, the first Monday Night Raw branded pay-per-view of the new brand extension era. And this pay-per-view was pretty good, but a little all over the place. And I got to say, at the end of the night, I am feeling fatigued, extremely fatigued. Now, not only am I going to watch the debates tomorrow night, because I am an American and I am exercising my right to vote in a few days, but I am just so tired of all this WWE programming. If you're a wrestling fan, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, this is a great time for you. You got three-hour Raw. You got a two-hour SmackDown. You got a one-hour NXT. If you haven't watched the Cruiserweight Classic, which is the best show of the year, you can go binge watch it right now. You got pay-per-views from Raw. You got pay-per-views from SmackDown. You got main event. You have WWE superstars. And then if you're a huge wrestling fan and want to go beyond the confines of WWE, you have New Japan World. You have New Japan Access. You have Lucha Underground and El Rey, if you just got El Rey like I did. You have TNA Impact Wrestling on Pop TV. You have Ring of Honor and Sinclair or Comet. Hell, maybe you even got CMLL. There's a lot of wrestling to keep up with these days, which is both good and bad. Good, well, sort of good, if you're a WWE fan and you're WWE, because if you keep making money, even if you're oversaturating your content, you know what, whatever. But if you're TNA, if you're Ring of Honor, if you're Lucha Underground, If you're another company that's going to rise from the ashes to try to carve their niche in the wrestling world, it is a whole lot harder because there's record low ratings, there's low fan interest, things are a bit stale, rosters are thin, and while WWE can certainly turn it around, and who knows, maybe they'll get hot around Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and then WrestleMania time, at the end of the day, when the standard bearer of the wrestling business is hot, the rest of the companies within that respective industry can follow suit. You look at that with MMA. Back in the day, you had UFC. Then you had a bunch of other secondary organizations that were doing well. And of course, they were run by idiots and then put out of business by themselves or by the UFC or both. I'm just not feeling all these pay-per-views. I'm not feeling all this programming. I get that WWE still making money. I get that they're going to be making money for a long, long time. But... You look at the numbers, they're eroding. They are eroding. And it's going to get to a point where they may still make money, but they're going to be making less money. And they're going to say, holy crap, what do we do? And I think at some point, they're going to have to pull back a little bit, even if that sacrifices the bottom line. And I think these pay-per-views right here, these matches on on these pay-per-views are kind of a casualty of that. You could have Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles tear the house down, or Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens tear the house down. But, man, I was tired. I felt like the fans in attendance were tired, although they did get up for for a number of the matches. I'm fatigued, Scott. What about you? I'm sick, so I'm definitely fatigued (laughs) (laughs) that that kind of worked. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess 
the one good thing is that if you do pay the nine ninety nine a month, like most of us, I hate to say the word, but dummies do because you get a free month every month anyway, you at least get your money's worth with two pay-per-views with, you know, like you said, main event, with superstars, with a lot of the extra programming they have. So in that aspect, it's a great thing. But, you know, we talked off the air real brief and, um, yeah, it's just, it's becoming too much, um, you know, just two weeks ago, we had a pay-per-view. We had another one tonight. We're going to have another one in two weeks. Then one three weeks after that. that you know, 19 of these things a year, not to go along with, I'm sure they're going to have special events, live events. Um, it is a lot. You know, I, I DVR Ring of Honor, um, not off comment, but off the uh, local channel that I get. And um, try to keep up with that. Try to keep up with Lucha as much as possible. Um yeah, and the good thing about those shows, like you said, at least, you know, they're an hour, so it's easy to watch. You skip through the commercials, 44 minutes. NXT, you, you know, I have to go back and even watch out again this week. So it's definitely a lot of programming to watch and try to keep up on. And then, you know, it becomes to a point where it gets watered down, unfortunately. And, you know, right now, I don't want to say it's watered down, but it's hard for, you know, Raw and SmackDown to have these pay-per-views with the lack of talent or the lack of depth. I guess is the better the, la- word. the lack of over talent, you know, because they've right. done such a bad job with pushing a lot of guys. Now they've gotten some guys over to a certain level, but as far as needle movers, as far as real draws, I mean the the list is thin. And and you know, here's a quick quote. You know, I know we haven't recapped a whole lot, but where was Sami Zayn at in the main event? He it just was, doesn't make any sense. He he was recovering from a code breaker. Maybe he was a closet Jets fan and read the stat line of. Maybe, maybe, listen, listen, a lot of Jets fans like yourself, I know are sick right now because Ryan Fitzpatrick threw not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six interceptions. So hey, I, I can feel you your know, pain. You know the last guy to do that? Who? Peyton Manning. So there you have it. Really? Yes, sir. Six interceptions in a game? Yep. Holy crap. I wouldn't I would have expected that. But So it's, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, if it's good See, enough for Peyton Manning. I live in I live closer to Philadelphia, so I just hop on my Wentz wagon and or the shirt I showed you once a mania. Yeah, and, Carson Wentz doing his doing his thing in, in Philly. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. It's, so yeah, it must be nice, right, to just be able to hop on a, a bandwagon and and leave. I, I, I can't do that here in New York, New Jersey, because I can hop off the Giants bandwagon, but then the Jets bandwagon's uh, just as bad today. So yeah, well, it's green for a reason. You know, and not to go into football, but just keep in mind, last quarterback that, you know, went went like this for the Eagles was 27-2 and two, Nick Foles, and you see how that went. So. Yeah, well. I like Wentz. He looks good. He looks legit, but let's see what happens. Right, right. Right now, Carson Wentz, he looks like, uh, he looks like a Finn Bauer when he first came in you know, on the main roster, but he could end up like a Roman Reigns. Uh, that's more like Jimmy Garoppolo, but now that we're talking football references and wrestling, I think it just kind of proves I, I know, I know, I know. I know some European fans that listen to us are probably like, why are they talking about Janine Garoppolo? So, yeah. <laughs> so, would that help? Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, we, we had Clash of Champions. This was a long show. It was a pretty good show. But just a, a lot of filler, some head-scratching booking here, and uh, an ending that was kind of awkward. I don't think it was a lot of filler. I not mean, a lot, but it was just... matches, but yeah, not a lot of backstage stuff. It was just... Yeah, I mean, they had some really good matches. I mean, there there are a few good matches. Some that were just kind of there. I think I'm just some of this. You know what the problem is? A lot of the stuff we we've seen before. Even though it was really good, a lot of the stuff we've seen before. 
there was a goof that I'll get to. Uh, sure. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was a goof. Uh, it was right before the cruiserweight match, but you know, as we get to the recap, I guess. I'll, All right. Well, let's start from the, the beginning. We had Nia Jax on the pre-show destroy Alicia Fox. Alicia got some offense in, but didn't matter. Hit the Samoan drop, got the pin. We had the start of the main card with the New Day and the club for the tag team titles for the thousandth time. The announcers made a big deal about how the club could be the first tag team since the Dudley Boys and the Steiners to hold the IWGP and IWG tag team titles in their careers. And what I liked about this stat line was Michael Cole just put it out there. It was, it was very sporty. He, he didn't come off like a New Japan fanboy like Moro. The, way too many times I, I listen to Moro, and this guy just tries to throw in a New Japan reference. He's like, oh my god, I didn't put in a New Japan reference. I got a reference to Shibata. Oh my god, I got a reference Yano. I got a reference this and that and this and that and Misawa and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, no disrespect to any of these guys. I don't think most of the Daddy B universe knows who they are. I mean, some of the hardcores might that watch the network, but I feel like the guy just forces these... Japan references and says, look, look how smart I am. Mamma mia. Whereas Michael Cole, okay, I actually like Michael Cole's commentary in the brand extension era more than Moro because this dude is professional. This dude hasn't been saddled with some stupid jokes and bad material like he has in the past. He's got Corey Graves who's making him look really good. And when he drops facts, it makes sense. He, he drops the, the fact about how Charlotte has one on pay-per-view and is undefeated in a title match. He's dropped the fact about, you know, the IWGP and WWE Tag Team titles and how they're successful in Japan. I mean, it, you know, he doesn't just force it down your throat, you know, oh, all oh, oh, these facts, facts, facts. Like, no, he just, when there's an opening, he puts it out there, that's it. That's it. Whereas I feel like with Moro, even though Moro's an extremely talented commentator, I feel like with a lot of the stuff he's done wrestling lately, just... He tries to squeeze in so many analogies or pop culture references or Japan references. And just it gets irritating. I don't know if anybody else feels the same way, but it just gets irritating. I think he's talented, obviously. His career speaks for itself, but just please, sometimes less is more. Much like what I saw tonight, the suicide dives, the flips. Sometimes less is more. And less New Day club matches, the better too. Because while this started out hot, and was pretty good. Nothing we haven't seen before. And at the end, the New Day hit the midnight hour and got the pin on Anderson. The club? They're not even the comedy club anymore. I don't know what they are. The club is closed for renovation. They're done. Where's the credibility? You spend an exorbitant amount of money. An exorbitant amount of money to get the Bullet Club away from New Japan Pro Wrestling, away from TNA Impact Wrestling, away from Ring of Honor and other competitors. You bring them in. Okay. You righted the ship with AJ Styles when it started out a little rocky. That's cool. I'm happy he's WWE Champion. He's doing a great job on SmackDown. But Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, these guys were one of the most over-tag teams in the world. And what do you do? What do you do? You have them lose again to the New Day. Now, if you don't want to beat the New Day, here's a solution. You see the SmackDown Tag Team Division? It's garbage. Do you see the SmackDown World Champion? It's AJ Styles. AJ Styles used to be with Bullet Club. Why not bring the club to SmackDown? And who knows? Maybe they'll do that. But you could do that before beating them again. 
Because now, they're just geeks. And Carl Anderson, last time I checked, is a damn talented tag team and singles wrestler who could be an asset. And Lord knows, they need guys with some credibility on that damn roster. Let me interrupt you real quick, Fred. All right. This says, I I think I tweeted you the other day, this wasn't a Vince McMahon creation, so it doesn't matter. And I know he has Kevin Owens and this and that. And he has AJ Styles, who's holding the linear championship. But keep that aside. The house show results last night from Hershey PA, the opening match, Carl Anderson lost to Neville. I will go back on, I will let you continue. Well, I like Neville, and Neville honestly should be pushed a lot better, but yeah, but I agree. It's a house show. I get it. The yeah. faces win. It helps with the kids, blah, 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 but, which oh, also yeah. reminds me Cesaro beat Sheamus, but that's a whole other subject. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had house show matches, but they didn't count. Right. But anyway, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, look, I, I know it's a house show. I know Neville's decent. He's a great worker, and with Anderson, it might work, but... Like you just said, these guys were the top tag team probably in the world at one point, and now they're just two geeks like most every other tag team in WWE. Not good. Not good at all. I would, you know, ugh. I don't know. Not feel, not feeling it at all. Uh, not feeling it at all. I think, uh, I think you know what? If they had lost at SummerSlam, which they did, well, you, well, you, and they and they wanted a rematch or something. I don't know. You could have done something where they could have just lost at SummerSlam. At least they would have only lost once to the New Day. And then you could have written them off, have them be free agents, have them help AJ Styles win the WWE title, run amok on SmackDown. I'm not saying they can't still go to SmackDown or they won't still go to SmackDown and run amok. Maybe they'll even win the tag titles there. But it's SmackDown once again getting devalued and getting another loser or two or three because he just had Jack Swagger lose to Jinder Mahal and now he's facing Baron Corbin who for some strange reason is beating freaking Apollo Crews, who's more talented in his leg than in Baron's entire body. So now you're going to get the club on SmackDown. That's what I predict. That's what I'm going to predict. Within a month, you're going to get the club on SmackDown, which is cool. It'll be entertaining, but still. It's not like they're going to another company. It's not like they're going to another country. It's not like this is the territory era, right? Where they only had regional TV and there was no real national wrestling show and you go to another territory. Like, No. This is the same company. These are the same guys. If they go to SmackDown, they're still the same guys that lost the New Day like four or five times. Just at this point, put them on NXT. Let them build back up. I know. Which is something. a disgrace to say, but my gosh. I yeah. know. It's just it's ridiculous. And I know the New Day's making money and they're marketable and good for them, but I just feel like the, I don't think the New Day needs to tag titles to sell merch. Well, they're going to beat Demolition. That's the whole key to this. I get that. So if you're going to do that, why not protect the club and send them to SmackDown before you beat them again? Well, all right. Let's see. You want to send the club, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, the SmackDown. Who do you send to Raw? I never said send Sami Zayn to Raw. No, but I'm saying it. Add them to – because everybody says, you know, Sami's getting kind of left off in the shuffle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we – you know what? Well, well, Vince loves his tall guy. Who? Who? Yeah. Hey, Baron Corbin, whatever. Bar- All right, Baron Corbin. Yeah, Apollo. Well, see, I don't know. Baron- I mean, you don't really have to if you can bring up Joe and Nakamura. You can offset that. Oh, God, no. They need to- One of those guys they needs to go to SmackDown. Sh- but you know that. I don't know. Yeah. Just Emma needs to go to SmackDown, and yet it looks like she's going to go to Raw. So Luke Harper apparently is going to go to Raw. Spoiler. Uh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Anyway. Who knows? We got TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick for the Cruiserweight title. TJP came out with this cool 8-bit Nintendo theme-like song. It was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. 
Brian Kenner came out to his usual theme song with the, with the cool jacket and the leopard print. Uh, pretty good match. Uh, they missed a couple spots, including a, a neck breaker from TJP, but kudos to the announcers. They said that TJP had to pull Kendrick's hair to bring him down. This was a fun match. I wouldn't say it was a great match. Pretty good match, but it was very WWE style. And I, I think when you're introducing these guys, especially when a lot of the fans don't know them, you need something that's a little bit different from the usual WWE style. Kendrick, WWE style wrestler, he's a great worker. Nothing against him. But I really feel like a guy like Grand Metallic or, or Cedric Alexander or some of these other guys would have been great for TJP's first title defense. Or you know what? If Kota Ibushi doesn't want to resign, you could at least sign him to wrestle tonight. He could have had a great match with TJP, a rematch with TJP. That would have torn the house down. Granted, Kota Ibushi might get over, and then you might be forced to offer him a, a lot more money. But, you know, you could have had TJP beat him in a great match. Kota Ibushi could always bring him back down the road, and at least you get TJP over. Whereas, in this match, I, th- I think both guys kind of got themselves over, but the crowd was quiet. There was some let's go TJ, uh, you know, TJP, ch- let's go Kendrick, TJP chance, doing chance. It was all right, but... I think it could have been better. and ultim- been better. Yeah, and ultimately, Mega TJP won with the knee bar. A lot of really good counters here. Like I said, some missed spots, but both men worked really hard. And afterwards, Brian Kendrick offered his hand. They shook hands. And then Brian Kendrick headbutted TJP and walked out. Well, limped out. So kudos to them. Both guys sold pretty well. There was a little funny moment where after TJP did tap him out, he ran up to the second rope and posed. And then I think he remembered, oh crap, I should probably sell my neck because that's what Kendrick was working on the whole match. He was like, yeah, oh. So yeah. that was kind of cool. Uh, my my two takeaways from this real quick. Uh, one, I understand why WWE did it, but to call the bully choke the captain's hook, horrible. Um, well, I know Ken, that well, you know, on you, Monday, I get you know it. What, you know what? Kendrick kind of does look like a pirate though. He does, but horrible. And second of all, before the match, when they were interviewing TJP, if you notice, he went up to the gorilla position. Okay, cool. Kendrick came out first. (laughs) So, you know, it's a small minor detail, but if that's the case, then you're thinking, all right, well, Kendrick's already there. Perkins is there. Why don't they just start fighting right there? Because you know know what? It's like MMA, all right? He had to get Vaselineed up, and they had to to check his hands and everything. Some small minor details, like, I get it, but... You know, yeah. like you, you got to do that a little. You know bit. what's you know what's a bigger minor detail that that's not even minor. What's How it? are we supposed to honestly believe that Stephanie McMahon does not know why Triple H cost Seth Rollins the title when they share the same bed? Well, you leave work at work and home at home. That doesn't come up at breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I. I could say something right now. I well, won't. Listen, listen, I, listen. I would say Stephanie, this. If you saw the picture of Stephanie Man posing for her 40th birthday, you could understand why Triple H might not be thinking about that or might not answer that question. Yes, but you know what? I mean, I mean, in theory, okay, she should be the Stephanie McMahon character should be angry, and if Stephanie McMahon's really angry, okay, would she you? If, if, okay, if any of us were married to Stephanie McMahon or working for Stephanie McMahon, would you want to get on her bad side? No, I wouldn't want to get slapped in the face. No, I wouldn't. I think she'd do more than that. Okay, if she was really angry in Some real life, might enjoy that. Scott, I'm just saying. Scott, you're an adult. 
I didn't say I would enjoy it. I'm just saying. All right. Well, I'm just all right. Uh, real quick. Also, with the cruiserweight match, you like how they uh, changed the ropes to purple. I I did, and the lighting to purple made it feel special. I dig that. I dig it. Although I still can't believe that TJP didn't even debut on Raw. That was ridiculous. They had to get a steam song set up. I guess. We had Sheamus and Cesaro, best of seven series, the final, or so we thought. This was a great match, a really great match, but both guys took each other out from the outside, and they got well not counted out, right? They just stopped. They they stopped just, the match. It, yeah, the referee stopped them. It was the, it was the kind of the dusty finish a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they stopped the match. Cesaro was saying, "I can fight with one hand," and. By the way, Cesaro almost killed himself twice in this match. Yeah, there was a lot of like spots in this match I just was not a fan of. And, and just to paraphrase a quote from Danny Cage, who is the trainer of the world-famous Monster Factory, Paulsboro, New Jersey. He's actually trained a buddy of mine, too. Who, uh, he pretty much said, what did he say here? Let me bring up the, the quote. He talked about dives and also Blue Meanie, former WWE ECW superstar. Who also trains at the Monster Factory? I think Cesaro the same trained thing. there a little bit, didn't he? Uh, he might have Cesaro, had, Seamus, I mean. He might have had a stop there, but I'm, I'm yeah. retweeting it now on the Sports Corner account. Here's what he said at re, at the Danny Cage: "Tell a story without killing yourself or your opponent." I did not like this pay per view because I saw too little of that. Yeah. Hey, you can't blame him. You you can't blame him at all. And we saw dives and God knows how many matches tonight. We saw it in the main event. Uh, we saw it in the Zayn Jericho match. We saw it in the women's match, although the women's match was definitely safer than recent women's matches. Um, we, yeah. we saw, of course, this match with, with Cesaro. Uh, actually, you know, Kofi Kingston had a big dive as well. And he almost messed it, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even like a cross body. It was like kind of like uh, Dean Ambrose's like flying like elbow and like a standing person kind of deal. It was like a hip check almost by, by Kofi Kingston. But instead of having his hip... Land on Luke Gallows, his hip landed right on the floor. On the good side, we didn't see the uh, the Big E one, unless I missed it. Oh, the Big E spear through the ropes. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think we saw that either. And we, and we didn't see a lot of moves on the uh, the hard part of the apron. The apron, yeah, which so is which, which is yeah, the hardest part of the ring. The, the whole ring should be hard. Well, when you don't know on the LED monitor, there it's probably worse. Yeah, true. So yeah, they are going to have another match. There is a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in a month. One would think they keep these guys off Raw. They could do house show matches, whatever, but keep them off Raw. Say, you know what, guys? You're not medically cleared right now. You will be medically cleared come October 30th. Hell in a Cell. It will end there. There must be a winner. What do you think about that one? Inside Hell in a Cell? I mean, you might as well. It's a Hell in a Cell-themed pay-per-view. You need matches that belong in Hell in a Cell. Unfortunately, you're devaluing the Hell in a Cell, but I, I agree. They, they, as I if they haven't devalued cool. it already. No, they of once, course. Absolutely. They once had a pay-per-view well, with three Hell in a Cell matches. Well, they're going to do it again because I think it's safe to say Roman Reigns and uh, Rusev are going to be in Hell in a oh Cell. Oh, so. God, yeah. That's some ass-backwards booking, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Jericho yes. and Zayn had a kick-ass match. match. I really enjoyed this. Really yeah. enjoyed this. A lot of near falls. Crowd was hot for this. Interesting finish. Yeah, there was a technical snafu where Jericho was coming out and then Sami Zayn's music played and then they did the entrance again. And yeah, just the usual great stuff you'd expect from these two. I know some people don't like Jericho winning and spoiler alert, he did win with the code breaker. But 
it was good. There was a there was like one botch, but Corey Graves did, did a good job of of kind of covering it up. And the commentary in general, I thought was pretty strong all night. Like I gotta I gotta give him the raw team props. I think mm-hmm. a, a big part of it's Corey Graves. A big part of it is Michael Cole not being overproduced. A big part of it too is these guys being allowed to say the word wrestling. <laughs> they said wrestling multiple times. It was great. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. And yeah, Jericho won with the code breaker. The thing is, while I'm happy Jericho won, while I think he needs to stay winning in order to build up to the eventual breakup with Kevin Owens, which I think will be an awesome match and a great feud, I, I just don't like it at the expense of Sami Zayn. Well, that's the interesting part. Jericho puts everybody over and yet doesn't put Sami Zayn over. Hey, he, uh, he, you know, well, you know what? It's not like he decides. No, and you know they're going to have another match eventually. Exactly, exactly. Probably tomorrow night on Raw. Exactly. Everybody's angry about how, like, oh, Jericho's beating Styles this year. He's beating Sami Zayn. He's beating all these guys and blah. You know what, guy? Like, the guy's put over everybody, okay? He's put over everybody. Take away Jericho. Put Roman Reigns in that match. Put Braun Strowman in that match. Put somebody that's a quote-unquote WWE guy in that match, one of Vince's guys. More often than not, Vince is always going to put his guys over. Jericho's one of his guys. That's the thing. They see Sammy as a setup man right now. It is what it is. I don't like it, but it is what it is. I'm happy Jericho won. I think it makes sense in the story. I think his character's been great the last couple months. You know, the drink it in, man. The best friend of Kevin Owens. But I, again, just not at the expense of Sami Zayn, but that's also the problem with depth. You have very few guys that get a reaction, that get some emotional investment from the crowd. Sami Zayn is one of them. And unfortunately, they have to beat him. Luckily, he's one of those guys that you can beat a lot and still get over. But there is going to come a point in time where he has to get that big win. He didn't get it against Kevin Owens, but the follow-up has not been all that great. And if you don't want to put him in the main events right now, even though he could probably be one of your top stars, you know what? What happened to Neville? What happened to that tag team? Why not do Neville versus Zayn? That'd be a great tag team. They can keep both themselves over, both of themselves relevant. They can make the tag team titles even more relevant. But no, we're just going to have New Day do some bad comedy and hold the tag titles again. Who's going to feed to the New Day, by the way? Mm, um, I don't even know who's on the tag team division. Ryan, Fit- Ryan Fitzpatrick and Eric Berry? You're a schmo. I know. Mm-hmm. Josh Norman and Odell Beckham. Who's gonna Who's gonna Who's gonna team up and, and feud with this like, tag team? Like Like our friend Jeremy Bauer said, Cesaro and Sheamus. Oh God! I mean, at this point, if who, they don't, if, end, I mean, who, I don't really, really have any who? interest in, in, in this feud continuing. But if they just end the best of seven like that, can you imagine if Cavs and Warriors just ended in a draw? If Adam Silver just walked in the middle of the court and said, "You know what, guys? LeBron, Steph." I'm tired. Let's go home. Well, boxing matches end in a draw, so why not? I know. I know. Jesus. All right. Um, I'm trying to think who, who, you know, honestly, why not just give like Owens and Jericho the titles? Make it even more fun. Really? Actually, I would like that. Yeah. I would like that. You know what? That'd be great. Why not? They're a great team. Why not? I dig it. Speaking of teams, where was Enzo and Cass? Uh, probably checking out the timeshare down in Puerto Rico. I guess. Yeah. Is there a little Italy in Puerto Rico? 
if I had a dime for every time somebody asked me that, you know how many dimes I would have right now? How many? Zero dimes. Or no dimes, either way. Fair enough. Yes. We also had Charlotte versus Sasha versus Bailey for the women's title. Pretty good match. Uh, did not have the heat of some you know past women's classics, but this was really good. And they did not take too many crazy risks. No real stupid bumps for the most part. Pretty good. And there were a lot of near falls. That That's my other complaint about tonight. I, I don't mind like some near falls here and there, but I feel like... And this is the case, I think, with Jericho. I don't know if Jericho and Zayn, I'd complain about that. I'd say maybe Rusev and Reigns and Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey. Uh, don't you feel like they maybe could have gone home maybe like five minutes earlier? Absolutely. Or, or a couple minutes earlier. I felt, I felt that oh. they did one too many near falls, one too many close calls with the bank statement, with the belly to Bailey. You know, I just feel like it got a little, little too carried away. It got a little sloppy at the end. Yes, I think, it, yeah, it was. It was to the point where enough's enough. Let's yeah. Exactly, let's and on. ironically, the main the the finish was kind of sloppy, which involved Dana Brooke. Which this is going to lead up to Dana Brooke and Charlotte at WrestleMania, just and, so everybody's aware of that. And it is going to bomb like crazy. Yeah, because Dana Brooke is not the caliber of wrestler as the three women that were in the ring. Dana Brooke, you can make the argument, is not the caliber of any of the women the re- the women on SmackDown. Now, here's the thing, though, about Dana Brooke. It's funny because it's, you know, just about October. So you have almost six months to to kind of get her into that shape. And they're not doing it. Like, she doesn't even wrestle at house shows. So how is she going to get this training to, to have a match like that at WrestleMania? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you want to call her up because you think she's learned everything she can in NXT and she needs to learn how to get better in the ring? I mean, she wasn't terrible in NXT. She was all well, right. But you got to well, remember. She had Emma. Yeah, she had Emma. Okay, she had great coaches. A lot of the women there lay out their matches and practice and practice and practice in the performance center, which nothing wrong with that. But, you know, when you're in the same spot, when you're not always on the road, when you're able to work with coaches and, and, and guys like that and work with all the girls and lay out your match you know, properly and you have a veteran like Emma who's awesome in the ring, I mean, you're going to look pretty good. Plus, in NXT, they did everything they could to make her look good, not just in the ring but from the presentation. You know, the video packages of all our competitions, the entrance, the promos, everything. Whereas here, she's just a hot chick wearing some awkward singlet who gets slapped around by Charlotte and has bad matches. And in NXT, didn't she, when she came to the ring, didn't she do like that that uh, that flip or whatever? She had, Not a flip, but she did like a, yeah, it was like a flip. I don't remember it was, that. It was no, on I the know. outside, like as she got up to the ring. She came around to the camera sign like it was it wasn't like a, a, a somersault, but it was like a, a twirl or something, I believe. And another thing. We still we being say like just the general WWE audience still knows nothing about Dana Brooke. Does anybody that, that hasn't watched NXT know that she's competed in multiple fitness competitions, competed in the Arnold at the same time as being an NXT superstar? Does no. anybody know that? Does anybody know her fitness background at all? Does anybody know why she chooses to flex? Because she's competing in competitions? Nope. We don't know anything about her. As far as like regular fans that don't watch NXT. They know nothing about her. All they know is that she's a chick that's slapped around by Charlotte, that wears some skimpy outfits, and that has bad matches. That's all we know about her. And has some awkward dialogue. And once dressed in a nurse's outfit, that looked really awkward in some Gallows and Anderson skit. That's all we know about her. 
what they need to do with her is have an injury angle, send her to NXT until about February, do some big nets around January, shout hyping her back up, have her come out, and then take out Charlotte and do it that way. Maybe that could work a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? They should they should have done that a while ago, and they should have done that a while ago with other guys too. Like, for example, Dolph Ziggler. The fact that Dolph Ziggler is still challenging for the IC title, I know he just lost to the Miz on SmackDown, but like, here's a guy, if you sent him to NXT, if you did video packages every week on SmackDown, building him up, saying, you know what, the, the Dolph Ziggler redemption tour continues, and he's busting his ass, and working his way back up in NXT, and then you call him up around, like, say, Royal Rumble time or something, that's a guy who you could rebuild, if done right. But they didn't do that with Ziggler. They just kind of had him win a few matches here and there, put him in the DDB title match, and they were shocked, shocked when nobody cared at SummerSlam when he was challenging for a DDB championship. So you know what's going to happen at WrestleMania if they do Dana versus Charlotte? I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening because they're going to be shocked, shocked. Oh, my God. How's Dana getting booed? How's the crowd not caring? Why are 80,000 people going to take a piss break right now? Because you gave us... No reason whatsoever to care about Dana Brooke, never mind the fact that she's completely miscast. Yep. Well, I think, you know, and unfortunately when Emma got hurt, I think that really hurt Dana a lot. Oh, I agree. But you know what? Then put her in NXT. Or if not, put her in NXT. Keep her on house shows. And if not that, then freaking always tell us a little bit about her. I'm not disagreeing. I mean, have you even heard anything about her, like, on commentary? Has well, anybody even said anything? Like any no, stats about her? Because she's just a, she's the Virgil to you know Charlotte's Ted DiBiase. I think we even knew more about Virgil. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. And, and listen, don't besmirch the good name of Virgil by comparing him to Dana Brooke. Don't get me started with Virgil. <laughs> so if you anyway, saw his him and Scott Hall's little Twitter. Oh no, I haven't. Ago. Do I got to see that? It wasn't nothing big, but it was, you know, Virgil tweeting a picture, you know, 20 years ago today, I was the focal point of the NWO or something like that, or the centerpiece, and Scott Hall just goes, uh, yeah, sure. That's, you know, it's Virgil being Virgil. Exactly. So, yeah, the finish. We had Dana Brooke interfere multiple times because triple threat mats are no disqualification, and she, I guess, who did she try to pull? I don't even remember. She was like trying to, she was trying to pull Bailey out or something, or pull Sa- or Sasha. I think she got both of them at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look. Let me look at my notes I think here. It was Sasha. On the. Yeah, I think she pulled yeah. Sasha, and then Charlotte, you hit a boot on Bailey, a test big boot, and got the pin. Yeah, this is all right. Uh, I want to say a great match, but really good. Not a lot of crazy spots. There was an impressive spot where Charlotte hit the moonsault on both Bailey and Sasha. That was pretty cool. I, I was worried. <laughs> I was too, but she hit it perfectly. She hit it perfectly. Yeah, so it was it was good. It was good. So not a, not a bad match at all. I don't mind Bailey losing because it leads to the story of her being an underdog and overcoming the odds like an NXT. So we'll see what happens there. We had Rusev Roman Reigns for the U.S. title. Really good match, but nothing we haven't seen before. As in, we've seen this match multiple times. They've had some really good and great matches in the past. This was no different. And Roman Reigns got the win with the spear out of nowhere. He kind of like the RKO out of nowhere. But the thing is, he should have gotten the pin sooner. Got the pin, but Lana pulled out the referee. She was sent to the back. Ref says, nope, I ain't disqualifying him. You're being sent to the back. And I felt like after that, they should have had Rusev kick Roman Reigns in the head, which he did, 
but get the pin. Setting up Reigns versus Rusev, Hell in a Cell. Instead, the babyface who's been booked like a heel, humiliating the good, kind, married man for the last two months, just gets the pin and wins the U.S. title, which means this feud did absolutely squadouche for Rusev and Lana. Which means they will have another match in Hell in a Cell. And he'll lose again. More than likely. Jeez. Can you imagine what would have happened if when they were building up Roman Reigns, they actually had, say, like Roman Reigns and the streak of Rusev back in the day instead of John Cena? Or if they had like Seth Rollins or one of those guys and the streak of Rusev? How much it would have done for their careers as opposed to just where Rusev's at right now? It's amazing, isn't it? Well, yeah. we have a, you know, we can talk about John Cena later if you really want. Yeah. Well, if you caught talking smack with Ambrose, man. I, I actually didn't, but I... That I, was a missed-style promo if I ever heard one on Cena. Man. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know... I mean, I've heard that, you know, those two may not get along backstage. I don't know, but yeah, maybe well, they just want to play it up for the, for the feud. I know... Well, for those that don't know... good. For, for those that don't know, Dean Ambrose pinned John Cena on, on SmackDown like it was nothing. In well, a 10-minute nothing match. Years, yeah. Cena ten minute, pinned clean. 10-minute nothing match. What did you say? First time in what? Seven years. That Cena's lost clean? On TV, yep. Who? who I believe it was 09. Who pinned him? I believe it was Randy Orton. That makes sense. It does. Really? I mean, I know Tensai beat him a few years ago, but that was with interference. That was was sort of clean. This was straight clean, yeah. Wow. Just a throwaway match, yeah. Yeah. Again, making your superstars feel special. John Cena, he's still your well, biggest star. That's the point, though, because Ambrose kept going off on him, saying you're just a, a basically a dumb part-timer, part-timer, part-timer who doesn't care, and Dean's here. You know, Dean basically said, I main evented the last five nights in a row. Where were you at, you know? So so he's essentially pulling the, the John Cena card that John Cena pulled on The Rock years ago. Yeah, and he's doing it almost as a heel, but it's working. Yeah. Well, he's te- isn't he technically a heel? He's supposed to be a heel, I guess. Who, Ambrose? He turned on John Cena. I mean, I don't know what Never he is. because Cena got on the mic after that and said, you know, the Philly crowd bought out the Dean Ambrose that we all love, you know. And no, yeah. he's not really a heel. Oh. But it was kind of funny, though, because when he came out for the interview on Talking Smack, Renee Young said something like, you know, I have to stay impartial now or something. And it was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I saw one clip. Didn't he say, like, he pointed at Daniel Bryan and he says, like, I don't respect, like, your opinion. Sometimes I respect yours. Like, to something like that. To yeah. Renee. It was some funny line like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. gonna be interesting. You know what? That that's gonna be one of the main reasons to watch Total Divas to see Ambrose on there in real life. He seems like a weird dude in real life. Uh, yeah. I actually like talking smack. I've been watching this. Last I heard it's really good. I just yeah. You know, I, I've watched it every now and then, but I just haven't gotten around to this week's episode. We had Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Title. Really good match, but something was missing here. Crowd wasn't too hot for it. I think some of the crowd and probably the viewing audience all around the world a little confused on who's exactly the babyface and who's the heel here. Yeah, a little they've, bit. They, they've half-assed Seth Rollins' babyface run, if you even want to call it that. He's still got the same crappy theme music, which is just a guitar riff. And he's tweeting as a heel, which doesn't help. Is he really? Yeah, he tweeted something about Roman Reigns uh, uh, still, yeah. I'd have to go back and look for it, but yeah. yeah well, nobody likes Roman Reigns, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know what you're saying, yeah. It's just he's he, he's sort of a heel, and uh, yeah, it's been kind of been kind of awkward. So yeah, they had a good match. 
back and forth. Seth Rollins hit the pedigree, but thanks to Chris Jericho, who was at ringside distracting him. Actually, first off, Jericho distracted Rollins at first, but Rollins uh, got out of it, that precarious situation. And then Rollins hit the pedigree, and Rollins went for a pin, but Jericho put Owen's foot on the bottom rope. And then we had a ref bump, chaos, crowd booed. I was getting annoyed. This was already at like the 11 o'clock hour. I was like, all right. I mean, it didn't go too much longer, but still, it was just kind of like, all right, I'm a little, I'm a little, a little tired here. Uh, Seth did hit a dive, by the way. He hit multiple dives. Again, not everybody needs to hit a dive in every single match. The more you do it, the more it's not special. They each did the uh, DX crotch chop as well. Yes, they did. And that was funny. The ref bump was a very weak bump that apparently knocked the ref out cold for like 20 minutes. So, hey, you, figure. you know, listen, man, maybe you got paid off. Mm. Maybe you got paid off. And yeah, so took forever. Steph finally got a ref out there. Owens hit the pop-up powerbomb, got the pin, celebrated with Jericho. And it looks like it's going to set up maybe Owens versus Rollins in Hell in a Cell or Owens versus Rollins versus Jericho in Hell in a Cell. Could be. Now, if go back and watch the tape or the DVR on demand, whatever you want to call it. Right after the pin, the camera shoots to Stephanie and she has a look on her face like she just screwed Rollins and she knows it. And it was kind of like that smirky authority look. It's oh. a real brief split second look. Go back. I don't know if you can bring it up on Twitter. Maybe not. Well, you, well, but you know, she had that little look on her face like, yeah, I did this, you know? Well she, tri- well, she tried to motivate Owens and Rollins earlier uh, backstage with Foley. Yeah. Both kind of told her off. Owens said that he's going to show why he's Triple H's choice and why he is the main event. And Rollins just said, you know, I don't want to hear it. And what I find interesting is the lack of crowd reaction throughout that main event. I mean, it, you know, they did pop in some spots and everything. They did chant, this is awesome. But, you know, it, it didn't have the heat of like a real, real main event level match. You know what I mean? But I came to a conclusion as to why. That's what happens when the storyline that's supposed to revolve around the championship revolves around Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. And where's Triple H been? Not been on TV for a few weeks. Is he even going to be on TV the whole football season? Is he going to come back around WrestleMania time? I don't know. I don't know, but lack of crowd heat besides the fact that Rollins has been a half-assed babyface, I think it's because of Triple H. They built it around Triple H. They didn't deliver on why Triple H helped Kevin Owens. Makes no sense to me. But I do think it'll be a cool storyline to have Jericho, Owens, and Rollins in a triple threat match. And I think it's going to be pretty cool if, say, Jericho accidentally pins Rollins wins the title, and sets up a big match. Perhaps, actually, you could do that. Well, no, if you I want to do that, that, put Sami Zayn in the match, let him take the pin. Make it a four-way. Why not? Actually, you know what? They could do that. Yeah, they could do that. We're a triple threat. But what I'm saying is, have yeah. Jericho in that match win the title, right? Yeah. And then you do Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho in the main event of Survivor Series in Toronto. The first Toronto pay-per-view Ooh. in WWE in like a decade. I like it. Yeah, in the main event. I think it'd be awesome. Problem is, 
WWE wouldn't like it because the crowd would be going crazy and WWE wouldn't know what to do with it. Wouldn't they want the crowd to go crazy? Well, yeah, but again, hey, do that. Add Sami Zayn, make it a triple threat. I know he's not at that level right now, but he's still there. He's got the history with Kevin Owens. He's got the feud with Jericho. Yeah, but then you're going to be doing two back-to-back. You know, All right, we'll save him for Survivor Series. But I no, I think a one-on-one would be better. Yeah. But, you know, this way you have... The, that would actually be a perfect time to give Sami Zayn the title, too. In Toronto? If you were to do it in Toronto at Survivor Series against Jericho and Kevin Owens, my goodness. That would be huge. But, you know, they need, a, they need to do something big, I think, for Survivor Series. I think <laughs> I think that the fact that they have not one, not two, but three top Canadian stars... And on Raw, like they need to do something special for Canada, and and, right. and and honestly, it would make all those guys look like much bigger stars too, because that crowd's gonna be hot. Yep. And right now, let's be honest, it doesn't matter with Monday Night Football. It doesn't matter what they do. Raw's gonna be draw bad ratings, so why not? Yeah, I guess. I mean, they could try to improve the show, but yeah, I know, no, I know they what you could, mean. But it's not gonna matter. I mean, they could right now. You know, by WWE logic, Kevin Owens is the reason why they're drawing what they're drawing. You know, so. Yeah, although I don't think that's fair either. I think no, of course it's not fair. Yeah. So overall, I'd say I'd say a thumbs in the middle pay per view. Yeah, it was a good show. It was watchable, but it was just kind of what it was. Yeah, I know. I just again, I feel mentally fatigued, and I know Sky Doll Sky on Twitter. She uh, certainly agrees with us. So let's get to some questions and comments before we head on out of here. Mister Racer ten twenty nine says Chris Jericho's a stupid idiot. Kobe Hanshaw says, Nah, he's the best thing on Raw. He's one of the best things on Speaking Raw. Speaking of Mr. Racer, real quick, uh, last night in Chicago, or, well, yeah, no, it's mid- past midnight now, so Saturday night, house show in Chicago, we had Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar, too. In six minutes, Brock Lesnar hit the F5 and pinned Randy Orton, and that was that. Yeah. So, nothing exciting, but it did happen. And yeah. Mr. Racer also says that the end of Survivor Series is going to be Raw versus SmackDown, so that would be interesting. Yeah. Like the like the good old days. I don't know if that's the good old days, Mr. Racer. Okay, Dan Foster says he's happy that AJ Styles and Kevin Owens won pay-per-view main events. That I am happy with. Uh, let's see. Steven Shaw says if they do Dana versus Charlotte Mania, it would be a huge step back for women's wrestling. It'd be a huge step back for wrestling, period. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe Dana can surprise us, but she needs to improve. She needs to get better. At the very least, she needs to get better in the ring. If they're not going to improve her character, she's got to at least improve in the ring and put in the work and get better. Put her in tag matches. Do something. They got to do something with her. Yeah. It's not even like superstar nothing. It yeah, I, I agree. It's a good point. Holiday 197. I'd also like to see Kevin Owens versus Zayn at WrestleMania for the Universal title inside Hell in a Cell to resolve their feud. My I don't goodness. think they're going to do that, but that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Loser must go to SmackDown. Way to make the SmackDown brand look even worse. Yeah, right. Oh, man. The sad part is SmackDown's probably the better show right now than Raw. What? It's Sm- probably the better show. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, it's easier to watch. It is. Well, it's, yeah. Significantly easier to watch. Much easier, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And hey, and real quick, let's give props to Alexa Bliss, by the way, on SmackDown because she's doing a heck of a job in her role right now. Yeah, her and her and uh, Becky Lynch had a nice contract segment signing. It was really good, and it's just kind of funny because she's this like little girl, and she's telling Becky that she doesn't look like a champion. And I, I know some people maybe took it out the wrong way, but she, at the end of the day, she's a heel. It's not like she's calling Becky ugly. I mean, Becky's 
gorgeous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she was, it was just more like kind of like a heel like thing to say, and it was I don't know, it was very well done. Yeah. Very well done. Knocking the table over Becky. I, the only thing I, I didn't like was Becky chasing her afterwards. I think it would have been more effective if Becky like teased like her leg or ankle being injured, and the, that led up to the match. But the was, shock of it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a really good match. I mean, a really good segment, and I think they'll have a pretty good match. So, that was pretty good. Um, as far as everything else that's going on in WWE land, I mean, yeah, that was shock. That, that Ambrose match was still shocking to me. Yeah. And they really need to keep John Cena special. They really do, or else I got. You know what? If they do more jobs like that with John Cena, that guy might just say, "You know what? I love WWE. I'll still do all the public relations stuff, but maybe I don't want to wrestle that much anymore." Yeah. Usos so, beating American Alpha. Wasn't a fan of American Alpha losing, but you know what? Chad Gable sold very well. They could lead up to a rematch, and Usos sure. are now the number one contenders at No Mercy. I believe on October eighth, taking on. Um, Taking on Heath Slater and Rhino. For those that don't know, Cena, Ambrose, and AJ Styles are going to have a triple threat match at No Mercy. But just a couple weeks before No Mercy, we're going to have this Tuesday on SmackDown, Ambrose versus AJ Styles for a world title. That's going to be interesting. It is. I really hope they don't give Ambrose the title back yet. And I really hope John Cena doesn't win his 16th on some B pay-per-view. Or C pay-per-view, for that matter. Well, at this point, none of the pay-per-views are B and C. Cena's supposed to be going to go film what is that American Grit again? Yes. So, but then I heard a rumor that Ambrose might be taking time off. So oh, that was else? a BS rumor from a BS site. I didn't see if it, it was credible, okay. So I didn't yeah. hear read it from a site, but I saw some things on Twitter. Or yeah, something, no, so, okay. D- Dave Schneider sent it to me. He asked me if this is legit. I asked a few people, and uh, you know, he may Dean Ambrose may be taking time off, but until I see it from somebody that's actually pretty credible, I'm not buying it. So. Dan Foster asked, "Why not put Nia Jackson the Dana feud, uh, the Dana spot? It really wouldn't make a difference at this point." Yeah. Uh, Plus, Charlotte's, <laughs> Charlotte's a bigger, muscular girl. I don't think. I think it would be a better visual. You know what? It would have been better if Ava Marie was on SmackDown and not suspended. If they brought Nia Jax with her, or you know what? It would be better mm-hmm. if Alexa Bliss had had Nia Jax. I think that dynamic would be great. But you know, be like the Shawn Michaels third Diesel. But interesting. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Imagine that Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss match. Ooh. Well, they are real good friends in real life, so maybe they'd have oh, a decent match. Just the visual, like you said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be interesting. Man, that would be interesting. It would be. All right, let's see a few more here, and then we'll head out. Um, what do you think about the Wyatt family versus Randy Orton feud? It's been pretty it's not terrible. Really the Wyatt fam- it's an interesting, yeah. It's not really the Wyatt family, but it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not interesting. It's pretty terrible. It's, yeah. It's, it's pretty right now, anything Bray Wyatt's in, unfortunately, is pretty terrible. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, Fred, do you have any updates on Matt Seidel, a.k.a. former WWE Tag Team Champion Matt Bourne? Yes, Matt Bourne was somewhat missing incognito the last really? few days. Yeah, like three or four days. This. He didn't make a, a few bookings, and people got worried, but he said he just ran into passport issues and was chilling in Hawaii. So, Not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be, but you'd think you'd let some of these uh, independent companies know. But maybe he did. I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of rumors going around, but thankfully he is safe and sound. So that is all that matters. Uh, okay, let's see here. As far as anything else that's going on, TNA. Uh, there was a recent story in the New York Post about how they're on on sale for forty eight forty million dollars. I almost said forty eight. Jesus, uh, they're not on sale for forty million dollars. Okay. WCW was bought for what two million? Two so. and a half million, and and they could have been sold for a lot more the year before. 
you know they were actually sold but you know they were idiots so yeah tna is on the market who knows what's going to happen who knows who's going to step in either way like DDB programming i'm very fatigued about these tna sale talks i don't care i mean i care obviously because i have some friends in the company but i don't care in a sense that like it's it's hard for me to take things seriously until it actually happens. You know, we had the PR move of Billy Corgan putting in some money and becoming the president. I mean, I guess Dixie's technically out, but she's still kind of in the picture. I don't know. I you know, I, w- I would like to see some stability come TNA's way, but it's getting to the point, man, where it's just like they may have Bound for Glory, they may have a few more shows, but they really need to write this ship and get things on track. Either get a financial backer or just i don't know you're gonna go away well from what i heard they they need to get money to do their next set of tv tapings after bound for glory so yeah see how that goes um if vince bought them he would just shut the company down yeah he already, just, they've already rated talent i mean samoa joe eric young bobby Roode, and they could get some more talent and you yeah, know there's some talent there sure i mean let's face it I mean, let's 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 be honest here outside of a few select people in the company is anybody there really making significant money? You know what I mean? I mean, I think, I think Bennett and Marie are getting really good money. I think EC3 is getting really good money. I would assume the Hardys. Are Hard, oh, Hardys for sure. I think are doing very well for themselves. But yeah. you know, as far as like some of the other guys, like the X Division guys, I would imagine they're not making a whole lot of money. I mean, I mean at the end of the day, Galloway's got to be doing decent. Oh, well, J- oh, James Storm's doing really well for himself. So well, he, he got. got I mean, I guess, okay. I guess you do have a few guys and girls that are making some. Pretty good money by pro wrestling standards, but there's a lot of other people that you know are kind of just scraping by, that kind of are just you know hoping to get paid, and you know they got the national exposure. I mean, I guess you know at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if there's like ten people on guaranteed good money deals or a hundred people. You know, I mean, it's still another place for for wrestlers to work, and it would be sad if it went out of business. But you know, I'm just looking at the situation. It's got to be, I don't know, got to be anxiety filled for some of these guys. You know, to just not know if your next paycheck's going to come, hearing all these sale rumors and everything. They have a very hard-working roster. I, I hope everything works out. I really do, because their Dan show's Foster. been pretty good. And Dan Foster just mentioned that's true. Cody is now in TNA. Oh, yeah, Cody Rhodes, oh, yeah. yeah. making some good coin. He is going to be uh, he's gonna be debuting at Bound for Glory, and they signed his wife, Brandy Rhodes. To be a knockout. That's going to be interesting if she can actually... Re- well, I think they're going by the old WWE model of just hiring hot chicks that May or may not be able to wrestle. Figure it out later. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think that's very good. But yeah, Brandy seems to be working hard. She's the wife of wrestling royalty. Maybe she'll work out. Jeremy Bauer says the Burke and Hardys versus the Wyatts would be entertaining. It would be. And there's been reports that Deddy B's interested in bringing back Matt Hardy, which would be phenomenal. But Matt Hardy's still under contract with TNA, and he can essentially make his own schedule. He's doing very well for himself. He doesn't need. Or he doesn't need a full-time schedule to make the money he's making right now. He's older. He's a family man, right? I mean, TNA, you work, what, a couple days every couple months and do some independence when you want, and uh, yeah. And and look, say what you want about Matt Hardy. I've said a lot of negative things about Matt Hardy in the past and some of his uh, exploitative uh, aspects of his marketing in the past, but that was obviously when he had a lot of crap going on. But uh, these days, knock on wood, it seems like he's doing very well. Seems like he's healthy. Seems like he's clean. And, you know, he's marketed himself brilliantly. Him and his brother, they really have. So, it, it, outside of WWE as well. So, you got to give him their props. Got to give him their props here. 
And okay, okay, we'll take one more question real quick, and I'll defer. Actually, two more things. Stephen Shaw, who does a lot of sports work in Wheeling, West Virginia, says Cena's going to be at the house show I'm working on in West Virginia tomorrow. Nice, Stephen. Let us know how that goes. Coach Osner, Fred, why no Enzo and Cass? I was appalled. From what I heard, it was just the, the layout of the show. No time. Yeah, but they, didn't the pre-show start like an hour earlier? Yeah, not going to waste them on a pre-show. But you know what? It's okay not to have them on the show just for the fact I, I told you this before. Their gimmick is going to get played out quick if they're not careful. It will. It absolutely will. Because you will, these guys, they're going to run out of things to do, and it's just going to get gimmicky, and it's not going to be good. So I think not having them on every single show is okay. Mm. I would just let them do, do a promo at least. They could have woke up that crowd, dude. Yeah, a promo, yeah. Well, you know, but they didn't. So they could they could have woke up that crowd. That's all. That's all I gotta say. Russ Hypros, the club needs to be traded to SmackDown for the Wyatts. I don't know about that, but yeah. Holiday one nine seven main event was a mess. Match was good, but I don't know why Triple H didn't appear. The ending was faulty, and Zayn should have come out, like you said, Scott, and attacked Jericho if the two are gonna continue a feud. That I do agree with. We okay. What else do we got here? Dan Foster says this is already played out. I saw one question here. I wanted to get to. Oh, yeah. I'll defer this to you, Scott. Thoughts on Arnold Palmer and Jose Fernandez? Yeah, I actually wanted to mention that. I woke up this morning and uh, went to check fantasy football and saw Jose Fernandez died, and definitely a shock. Uh, you know, 24 years old. The guy was on his way to stardom for sure. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Very tragic uh, story. Um, you know, I hate to say this, but my question is, why the heck are you out on a boat at almost four in the morning? I know it's a Saturday night and all, but you know what? I mean, weird. I mean, look, I'm not saying there was any anything suspicious going no, on. No, I just, you know what? Yeah. Though, I mean, let's let's put it this way: you were 24 once, I was 24 once. You know, we all do some fun things when I'm not a major league baseball player making millions. Either. Oh no, we, but still, know the... and look, I know things happen, but. You know, it's just kind of like sometimes you got to be smarter than that. Unfortunately. I just think, you know what? I just think it sucks. It's it's just a crappy situation, and I think we all, when we're in our twenties, do a lot of things that might be considered a little risky. Whether we have a six-figure job, seven-figure job, five-figure job, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not you know, there's a lot of speculation as to what happened. Heard it was a high speed when they hit the the the, the rocks and all. So yeah, I just think I mean when I saw the no drugs or alcohol right now, which I, is good. I just uh, saw the detail when they didn't have life vests. That was I mean, look, didn't have them on anyway. You know, if if you if you had that kind of impact, I mean, who the hell knows if a life vest is even going to help you, right? Yeah, I saw the boat. It looked. It didn't look good. You just it's just tragic. It feel you feel like it could be avoided. You know, it's it's just it's just heartbreaking. You know what I mean? It's Unfortunately, a, it's another one gone too soon. It is, and, and what breaks my heart too is that I know a lot about the kid. I mean, you you follow baseball a lot closer than I do, but you know, just seeing the 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 the, the news uh, it's on Instagram the week before his wife's that's pregnant. Yes. Just oh man, that's it's tough. That sucks. So if anybody's watching this right now, listen to this, or just vaguely familiar with the story, I mean, just. Life's precious, man. Just take it easy. Be careful. And look, things can happen. You could get killed walking across the street. You know what I mean? It's like sure. sometimes stuff just happens. So just you know, be be thankful for what you got. Make the most out of life. And he certainly, for the short time he's on the earth, made a positive impact. And one of my old classmates at Rutgers and Fieldboro High School, Tariq Pierce, who's a producer for the Miami Heat, he actually went with Justice Winslow to a Marlins game, I think a week or so ago. 
and and actually filmed these two guys interacting. Hmm. I mean, the irony of that, right? You just, you just don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a damn shame. So our, our deepest condolences to to his family and Arnold Palmer, the the king of golf, passing he, away uh, too. It did an icon in golf. There was some heart too. issues he had. So yeah, eighty seven years old, lived a long life, just a, a true icon. I mean, one of the most likable athletes and everything. I mean, he was a little before my time, but even I'm familiar with him. If you're if you're mm. vaguely familiar with the American sports world, you all know, think you might have heard the name Arnold Palmer at one point and just. Yeah, man, just the uh, 2016. It's been a decent year as far as wrestling goes. AJ Styles wins the title. Kevin Owens wins the title. But it has absolutely sucked when it comes to deaths. I am. Prince, China, David Bowie. I mean, my God, just it's a. I want. I kind of want this year to end already, man. There was a rumor, and Mister Racer just posted it as well that. Uh, Seth Rollins might have been injured a little bit in his oh, match tonight yeah. versus Kevin Owens. Jeez, now that's obviously not at the scale of what we're talking about here, but that's no, that's no, no. Certainly... I just want. To oh break no, yeah, I just saw that too. Let me. Um, yeah, no, with Arnold Palmer, I mean, he's the greatest golfer ever, no doubt about that. Um, you know, definitely a surprise, no matter what. I don't care how old you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it comes in threes, so that's the unfortunate part there, uh, and there's two in one day. Jeez, uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's tough. And the Marlins, you know, right in the middle of a playoff chase, you know, a long shot, but they still had a shot at it. it it's going to be tough. Yeah. All right. Tough, let's, sure. let's, let me just um, – I'm trying to see – oh, oh, you know what? It may happen with the gut buster. The gut buster. On yeah, the top that, rope. it's a little bad when, when it uh, happened. I mean, it might have injured his ribs. I mean, granted, you know, if rib injury is not the same as like a torn ACL – and him destroying his knee. No. But still, yeah. A lot of guys are already banged up. But, folks, we're going to get on out of here. Hope you enjoyed this recap. I know it's been uh, about a week and a half since I've been on. Just, you know, a lot, a lot of things going on. But I just want to tell you what you can expect from TSC. First off, if you haven't subscribed to my other YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Gaming. You can check out all my video game updates. I just uploaded reviews of The Huntsman and Winter's Curse and Batman, the Telltale series, episode two. Tomorrow night, sometime around the time that Hillary and Donald will be debating about their huge plans to to, to build a wall and make America great again, I will be uploading our NBA 2K17 review. I got the game a little later than I got it the last couple of years, so apologies for that. But our in-depth NBA 2K17 game review will be available on youtube.com slash Gaming. I will also have an impressions video up of Destiny Rise of Iron. And of course, in just a couple weeks, WWE 2K17, you better believe we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage of that. If you are in the New York, New Jersey area, come October 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, or maybe you're traveling to that area, I will be in attendance covering New York Comic Con. If you happen to be there, Julian Cannon, a few other people, I know you're going to be there who watch this show. Please don't hesitate to hit me up. Would love to meet some of you guys, kick it with some of you guys, maybe even interview some of you guys. Be a whole lot of fun, but that's all I got for tonight. As for this week, we'll probably do some recap either Tuesday night or Wednesday night, recapping all the latest in Raw and SmackDown. If you enjoyed this recap, please like, ta- please like, share, take care, little rusty folks. If you want to check out our podcast, SoundCloud.com slash TSC News. You can also search TSC News 
on iTunes and Google Play. And don't forget to subscribe for more updates. Scott, any last words? I am good, sir. Really? That's I'm it? I'm a man of few words. All right. All right. Any, <laughs> anything you want to say to Ryan Fitzpatrick, American football quarterback who threw a record six interceptions in a game? I would like to say that Raw tomorrow night should be good. I'm going to avoid what you just asked me. And uh, hopefully we can do this again during the week if my autograph seekers will leave me alone at dinner. All right. Well, I'll be watching Raw. I'll be watching the debates, which might be more pro wrestling than pro wrestling on Monday night. Until next time, everybody. Woo! As always, enjoy the matches.